One Week Season. One Week Season fam, La Familia, welcome back. Today is Monday, July 10th. My name is Mike Johnson, M. Johnson 86, as I am known in the DFS and Best Ball streets. We are coming to you here on Monday with our uh, news and market updates podcast for our One Week Season Best Ball Plus 2023 subscription. This podcast, of course, is our of available on all podcast feeds um, on Tuesdays. Just a remind, quick review of our weekly schedule. Tuesday through Thursday is our private uh, training sessions for our product. Uh, Tuesday, I run our non-Best Ball Mania 4 contest um, focus theory podcast. Um, so anything outside of Best Ball Mania 4 in the Best Ball realm is the focus there. On Wednesdays, Hilo is focusing in specifically on theories for underdog. On Wednesdays, or excuse me, on Thursdays, Hilo has the his game theory podcast, diving deep into the realm of game theory, applying concepts to best ball as we learn more and more about this format. And on Friday, Hilo, of course, has his, his uh, live stream on Twitter and YouTube, bringing in industry guests and diving deep into uh, different concepts and bouncing ideas around. Those have been highly informative and educational. Hopefully you're enjoying those. Hopefully all of you had a great weekend uh, this last weekend, an enjoyable weekend. I know Hilo had a very profitable weekend out in the great city of Las Vegas. So with that said, uh, today's pod will be on the shorter end. As discussed last week, this is kind of a dead time in the news cycle, in the off-season cycle. Um, teams have taken some time away. Most of what we are hearing is going to be focused on injury reports. Um, you know, there are different contract situations that we'll get into, um, but there's very little actually happening um, on the field. So, you know, with that, there's not really injuries happening. There's not developments in who's playing, you know, running with the first team, um, you know, or usage type of things that we can gain uh, from beat reports. So uh, pretty much all of our information um, during this time, a lot of it is speculative, which in turn leads us to uh, less to react to. So with that said, uh, first thing I want to talk about Cam Akers, his stock is rising. His ADP has uh, risen over the last couple of weeks. Really, this is just the market adjusting to what we have been talking about here for weeks. Uh, Akers is, has very little competition. Uh, he has a strong offensive core around him with Matthew Stafford, uh, Cooper Cup, and Sean McVay. Offensive-minded head coach um, Akers has risen. He is going uh, usually in the late fifth, um, very late fifth or uh, sometime in the sixth round now, I am still buying at that price tag. Um, next, we have another running back, Javante Williams. Positive reports coming out about his uh, injured return from his uh, injured knee, uh, which he, of course, hurt last October. It was a pretty severe injury. 
Um, but positive reports coming out. He's expecting to be uh, fully ramped up for training camp, uh, saying that's the plan. There have been no setbacks. Uh, I know, like, comparative-wise, uh, reminds me of last year with J.K. Dobbins had a similar multi-ligament injury he was coming back off of. The difference I'm seeing here is the Dobbins situation. Uh, there was negative reports. There was reports of a possible cleanup procedure. Um, you know, you, it was hard to get people to talk about it, uh, and you weren't seeing him really on the field at uh, this point in mini camps and stuff. So uh, I think Javante is as well ahead of where Dobbins was last year. Um, but you know, just looking at his situation, I think Javante is much better in playoff formats. So looking at DraftKings Millie Maker, looking at Best Ball Mania Four, um, all of those. You know the the regular contests that have a 14 week regular season and then a three week playoffs. I think that Williams makes a lot more sense in those formats. Um, you know he's unlikely to to just smash for a full season. Uh, he's probably going to be kind of um, eased in early in the season, uh, so that kind of limits his uh, season long upside for a site like Drafters, where we are looking to accumulate points all season for our standings. Um, and from a weekly perspective, looking at the new weekly winners contest, I think, uh, you know, you're sacrificing too many of the weeks every week, one through 17 is equal, uh, in that format. So I think that, um, you know, you, you could be sacrificing too many weeks where he doesn't have that ceiling as he's eased in. So, uh, also you want to pay attention to the type of team that he fits on when you're drafting. Um, I like him as the third running back on a team that takes, uh, if you take two very good running backs in the first uh, three or four rounds, I like uh, then hammering a wide receiver and uh, tight end uh, for several rounds, and you can come back and take Javante in the eighth or ninth as that third running back on the team. Uh, you've got two very good ones already. You'll be fine without much production from him early in the year, and he can kind of put you over the top in those playoff weeks if he does indeed uh, rev up as the season goes on. I also like him as the first or second running back on a zero RB team. Uh, you know, the reason for that being, again, uh, you'll be very, very, very strong at the other positions, um, and he can kind of be that uh, ace up your sleeve, uh, so to speak, where if you can get that team because of how strong it is at the other positions, you can get it through to the playoffs. You can all of a sudden add a premium uh, running back that can kind of put you over the top during those playoff weeks. So moving on next, we'll talk about DeAndre Hopkins quickly. feels like every week we're talking about him and probably will continue to until he, and after he lands somewhere. Uh, most likely landing spots continue to be the Titans or Patriots. I believe Hopkins is relatively fairly priced right now. Um, you know, his his stock could go up uh, somewhat from where it's at. Um, once he does sign, I think obviously uncertainty, um, you know, brings people down a bit. Uh, my biggest takeaway is right now is the time to buy Mac Jones and Ryan Tannehill. When you think about the effects of Hopkins signing, adding a player like him, to either of those offenses. The biggest effect for me is it will make the offenses more productive uh, and make the quarterbacks um, stock go up. So I think that Mac Jones and Ryan Tannehill being drafted very late right now, um, you know, 
it's really looking like a strong likelihood that Hopkins ends up one of those two places. So one of those quarterbacks is going to be see a pretty significant jump in uh, ADP once that happens. So uh, that's my kind of take on it. Um, And once again, we've talked about this before. Just be cautious with New England and Tennessee wide receivers as, uh, you know, adding a player like Hopkins uh, is going to significantly alter the target share projections for whichever team he signs with. Um, Moving on to uh, the Houston Texans wide receiver room, Tank Dell and Nico Collins, positive reports coming out about how they have looked this offseason. It does make sense that these two would be prioritized as the young wide receivers uh, to pair with Stroud as the Texans take on uh, this rebuild with C.J. Stroud as their quarterback. Um, So, you know, that's kind of, I think Robert Woods uh, is the third receiver that that makes sense as, you know, the um, top three receivers to come out of Houston. Um, But I think Tank Dell and Nico Collins, uh, very interesting, uh, especially when you think about how the season progresses again in those playoff formats. If Stroud can figure things out down the stretch, the Texans are one of my favorite cheap offenses to stack. And finally, the last discussion piece today is Dalvin Cook. Uh, again, similar to Hopkins, has not signed anywhere. Uh, lots of rumors, lots of discussion. The latest one is that the Jets are very much in play. Um, the biggest uh, takeaway I have from this is that, uh, you know, again, the Brees Hall situation, um, I think, has has taken a toll, um, or this is, this is a, a negative uh, sign for the Brees Hall situation, um, just that they're still looking to add a player of Cook's caliber. However, I don't think this means we need to be out on Hall. Um, Aaron Rodgers, as we know, has a lot of organizational organizational control wherever he goes. And just last year, we had Aaron Jones being drafted at the 1-2 turn and A.J. Dillon going in the 6th or 7th round. Um, You know, thinking about how, uh, you know, Rodgers views things. I think Dalvin Cook going in the um, 8th round, I believe, right now, um, 7th or 8th round. Uh, Brees Hall going in the mid to late 3rd round. You know, those are cheaper than what Dylan and Jones were last year. Obviously, Jones and Dylan disappointed a bit. Um, but I do think that, um, you know, this isn't necessarily a death knell on Hall. And I, I definitely think if Cook were to sign there, um, you know, Hall's ADP is definitely going to drop. And I think that would be a time to buy and be in on him. Uh, maybe the bigger issue is the Jets backups, Izzy Abanaconda and Michael Carter. Um, You know, they are guys who I've been um, fairly high on as late round flyers uh, at the running back position. And if the Jets signed someone like Cook, uh, that would basically relegate those two uh, to borderline undraftable status. So um, that is it. That is all I have for you this week. Uh, again, a very slow news week. I am quite certain that uh, in a couple weeks we will have much, much longer uh, Monday podcasts, a lot to talk about each week, especially once the training camps open and preseason games begin. So 
Uh, be well. We will talk to you tomorrow, Tuesday, on the private feed for our uh, first training session, Fury training session of the week. Uh, be well. Happy drafting. See you soon.